Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. There are so many albums that turn 50 this year. And we're also going to talk with Eric Alper, musicologist here in just a second, about old songs that are hits again, even bigger hits, thanks to streaming services like Netflix. Eric, come on in here. Good morning. Good morning. Can I uh, can I pop in my uh, my guess for the slogan? Sure. What would you suggest? Winnipeg, where you can experience all four seasons in one day. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Now, I'm not sure that would attract people. Maybe it would. I, I, I don't know. You can, you know, those people who like to swim and ski in the same day, there you go. <laughs> yes, or swim and ski at the same time. That's how it's felt yeah, exactly. this spring around here. Hey, uh, so listen to these, and these are, you know, and these are huge albums. I'll just, I'll rattle this list off, and then I want to get your thoughts on this. But I was, I yeah. was thinking about this, and this is amazing. Almond Brothers Band, Eat a Peach, uh, with tunes like Ain't Wasting Time, uh, No More, and Melissa, David Bowie. The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Starman, of course, on that one. Alice Cooper, School's Out, School's Out. Uh, Gutter Cat versus the Jets. The Eagles, so many uh, on uh, on uh, the Eagles. Take It Easy, Witchy Woman, Peaceful, Easy, Feeling Jethro Tall, Thick as a Brick. I won't do all the songs here. Elton John, Honky Chateau, Transformer, Lou Reed, uh, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street, Steely Dan, Can't Buy a Thrill, Stevie Wonder, uh, talking book. It, 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 we're all getting old, I guess, Eric, is, is one of the messages here. <laughs> yeah, you can add Harvest by Neil Young and Superfly by Curtis Mayfield, Paul Simon, self-titled album, um, Van Morrison, St. Dominic's Preview, Nick Drake's Pink Moon, Sabbath Volume 4. You know, I, there's a very, very good case to be made for 1972 being the greatest year in music, and I think a large part of it is that um, for the music industry, who really was starting to kind of figure out that that these artists may have a longer life than three years, I could don't forget, you know, back in the nineteen fifty in the nineteen sixties, people thought the Beatles and the Stones and Herman's Hermits and Dave Clark Five that they were going to be around for a year. Nobody had any clue that we'd be still listening to that music sixty years later. So when artists took advantage of the opportunity to go in the studio with a little bit bigger budgets because the record labels knew that, hey, you know, these artists might be sticking around for a bit. Maybe we should get them to do better albums with better sound, open up, you know, things like Abbey Road Studios to a lot of other artists. The artists took advantage of that, and they didn't waste an enormous amount of time with their albums. They mostly thought that your first thought was the best thought. And for a lot of artists, that's exactly what happened. They just did these albums either really quick or they took their time, but no longer than a couple of months at the most. Hmm. And then it's changed now, right? I mean, albums still happen, but they're not that collection of songs they used to be. I mean, so many artists now put out a single, right? And then and then that's yeah. it. And if they do a whole album, it's really only about one song, not a collection of great songs that need to be heard in a certain order. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and it's a chicken and egg situation. So what happened first was the general public's attention span so low that they couldn't spend 25 to 45 minutes listening to music that they've never heard of before? Or is it much easier for these new artists to drop and release single after single after single and then put them all up into an album. But, you know, that mystique, I think, has a lot to do with it. In 1972, you hardly saw a photograph of Jethro Tull. You had no idea what Stevie Wonder even looked like from his trips to Africa um, and bringing that music back with him for Talking Book, Um, unless you saw a photograph of him in the newspaper or magazine, which was rare. There's not, you know, there was no internet or anything like that. You had no idea Mm -hmm. what they sounded like on stage. You couldn't find a bootleg in your city or how they behaved. So you had no idea if people were, you know, dating and then, you know, dropping their dates. So all that mystique was there. And I think that adds the whole specialness of those, of that music is it transports us to a time when truly the music mattered rather than what side of the political spectrum they're on, which we need to know for some reason at every waking moment. Hmm. Interesting. You know, um, and my other question for you is, are there artists now, are there albums now or songs now that some radio host and some musicologist will be talking about in 50 years from now? And I I had this thought last night watching David Letterman talk to Cardi B on Netflix, and I'm going, Hmm. are they going to be talking about Cardi B and some of these artists of today that are so popular today in 50 years and my initial reaction is no i don't think so not many of them um i kind of disagree with you only because the people who are in positions of power at radio stations and magazines and media who are growing up now loving cardi b and billy eilish and olivia rodrigo and drake that's their music that's their music that they have connected with and so when they get to program those radio stations they may not be playing david bowie in so much as say cardi b because that's the music that's going to be their oldies but it's an interesting idea though you know you and I have talked about these artists like Paul Simon and Springsteen and Bob Dylan and many, many others selling mm-hmm. their music rights and publishing for hundreds of millions of dollars to these companies. Well, those companies are going to want their investment back. So are we going to hear Kate Bush 100 years from now just so that they can get their investment? Probably, but it's going to be a very jammed you know, musical world out there. But yeah, I think we're going to be hearing Drake at some kid's bar bat mitzvah in 2052, no doubt. All right, you just mentioned Kate Bush. You're segueing nicely here, uh, Eric. You've done this before. Take a listen to this story. Kate Bush has an even bigger hit today than when this song first came out because of a show on Netflix right now, Stranger Things 4. Listen to this, and then we'll talk about it. Kate Bush continues to run up the charts. Her 1985 song, Running Up That Hill, was featured prominently in the new season of Stranger Things, which debuted a little over a week ago. And on the first full Billboard Hot 100 singles chart since the debut, Running Up That Hill is now number 8. In its original run on the chart, it never broke the top 10 or the top 20. The highest it ever got was number 30. Billboard says it's number 1 on the digital song sales chart and number 6 on streaming. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. Hollywood. And Eric, I love this. When I hear yeah, stories like this, I, I just go, this is fantastic because uh, because of shows like this, and obviously Stranger Things goes back to the 80s, right? It's sort of a retro show that's become yeah, huge, very popular. 
Yeah, and and so a whole new generation is being exposed. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of that song, to be honest with you, but I love that Kate Bush has a hit again because of this. And because of Stranger Things Season 4, it's also not just this song, but Musical Youths Past the Duchy is in the top 100 now on Spotify. You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive is also in the top 100. So you can make a case for, well, that's just because there's no good music out there, blah, blah, blah. But no, it's when you put a great song with an, an amazing scene in a you know, 200 million view TV show, it's mm-hmm. bound to get the spillover of it. And that goes back to the whole, um, you know, investment part of it is, um, you know, we could start to see more and more of these oldies hits um, start to be, you know, going viral on TikTok and YouTube, um, just like Kate Bush has. It's, a, it's an amazing story. And it's one that is so rare in this country. The UK, every time that Levi's jeans uses an old Motown song, it goes up the chart again. But for some reason, North America seems to be very, you know, very low temperature on bringing back hits. But that's what makes this such a great story. Eric, always love chatting music with you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Hal. We'll talk soon. Eric Alper, musicologist. His website is thatericalper.com, thatericalper.com. Second hour of Connecting Winnipeg. Thanks for sticking around. If you're just tuning in, welcome. We have lots coming up for you, including the Lux Barbecue Code Word of the Day. Keep listening for your chance to text in and qualify to win that $10,000 Napoleon Barbecue package from Lux Barbecue just in time for Father's Day. Joining us now uh, to kick off the second hour of the show, Keithana Rang at Uber Canada. Keithana, good morning. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Uh, Uber Canada is out with its annual uber lost and found index i think this is the sixth year you've done it um i want to start with winnipeg because i think we're on you've got sort of several top 10 lists that go along with the index and we're on your top 10 list of unique items left in an uber twice we're on the top 10 twice here in winnipeg what did we what did we leave in in an uber so we've got most unique items from winnipeg a hockey jersey it was it was a jets jersey and we have, and I don't even know how to pronounce this properly, but a Labradorite crystal, which is one of those, like, healing crystals. Yes. Um, so both mm-hmm. of those, really unique on our list. There, there, it, was only, it was only seen once, so from Winnipeg. I'm curious when the jersey, the Jets jersey, was left in an Uber, because it may have been when the team wasn't playing well or maybe when they failed to make the playoffs. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> I should have taken a look before I came on. <laughs> but people leave a lot of stuff in Ubers, huh? Yeah, so, you know, like everyone's been talking about how it's going to be the busiest summer of travel ever as things are opening up, you know, with the new normal post-pandemic, if we can even say that. Um, and we've noticed at Uber that we're seeing the highest demand for rides since the pandemic started. So we thought, hey, this is a good time to release our annual index, as you mentioned, sixth year. But yeah, there's lots of laughs, you know, some of the data, but really to remind people about what to do if you've left something in your Uber and to remind people to take a look at your back seat before you hop out of your Uber. Yeah, good reminder. We talked a bit about unique items, and Winnipeg makes the top 10 list twice with the crystal and the jersey. What about some of the more mm-hmm. common items? Are there things that you find often in, in an Uber? 
Oh, yeah. And every year you see these items kind of in different order, but phones, wallets, keys always top the list. Um, and, you know, this year Winnipeg didn't make the most forgetful cities in Canada list, but last year Winnipeg was number three. So, you know, you guys are doing a good job. So we've improved. Yeah, I looked at the list and I couldn't see Winnipeg on the list at all. I think Toronto was the most forgetful, right? Yeah, Toronto was the least forgetful. Quebec City was the most forgetful. Right. Um, but last year, Winnipeg was number three most forgetful city. So, mm-hmm. you know, when Winnipeg's not even appearing on the list, you guys are doing a good job. Setting an example Excellent. for the rest of the country. Yes, right. Um, and then I find this really interesting. You guys have really done your research. You can even tell us the day and time when most people forget something in their Uber. Yeah, just like aggregate data, like how many, you know, instances of forget for items for lost in an Uber. Um, and Saturdays at nine. So I assume when people are kind of going out or coming home after dinner, you know, that seems to be the most forgetful day and time across the country. Really interesting. Before I let you go, though, I will ask you, you mentioned that we're heading into a busy season. The weather has finally turned nice here in Winnipeg. Uh, things are, people are, you know, things are returning to normal pretty much and, and people are more comfortable traveling so it's been a tough couple of years for uber i'm sure and and you're happy to have business picking up again yeah absolutely we're happy to see the economy opening up and people going out and people using uber um you know and and even drivers like people signing up to drive on the uber platform is is at one of its highest points since the pandemic started so you know it's good for everyone that things are going back to normal it's great how about gas prices that that has to be challenging eh? If, if you had to adjust pricing or or how are you handling that yeah, I mean, it's been tough across the board, you know, as individuals, but for families, for businesses, it's definitely impacting Uber as well. And I think, you know, for me, it, it's an issue, but I'm sure for rideshare and delivery drivers, it's even a bigger problem because they're on the road more. So to help reduce the burden, we did roll out a temporary fuel surcharge in March to help reduce the burden of high gas prices for drivers. Um, but look, we're going to keep monitoring and seeing what we can do there. Keithana, really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Carolyn Klassen joins us now from Connexus Counseling. Carolyn, good morning. Good morning, Hal. I would say, how are you? But I was listening to you before the news, and I hear that um, your heart is troubled and concerned as you are aware that your mother is ill and in hospital, and I just want to pass on my concern to you. Um, she matters to you, and I could hear the love in your voice. Yeah, thanks. Mm. Getting old sucks. <laughs> Truly, right? Um, and I, I hear of um, the awareness that your time with your mom here on Earth is limited as it is for all of us um, at some point. And, but the reality of how much she has meant to you, how much you care for her, how she has loved you, and how, what a difference that's made in your life. I can just hear that coming through in ways that just remind the rest of us to treasure our parents and to let them know while they're alive that we care about them and that they matter to us just as you showed us. Yeah. Now we're, we're hopeful that, you know, she's going to be okay, but when you get into your eighties, it doesn't take much to give you days where you worry about her not being around anymore. Life is fragile for all of us. 
and I think when people enter hospital, we realize that life is finite and that we have to treasure it and squeeze it and use the opportunities that we have while people are alive to just say, you matter to me. Let me tell you how you matter to me. This is what you've done that has made such a difference in my life. The fact that she cheers for the Jets and the Bombers without really knowing what's going on because she knows that you love it, that matters to you. And um, then you let us know that and it reminds us how we can all value those special things that people do for us. Yeah, I appreciate that, Karen, and I appreciate all, or Carolyn, and I appreciate all the text messages and emails that people have sent, and I really just hope you pray for her and uh, send positive energy her way. Um, Rising Strong is happening this week. You've got a busy weekend. Are there still a couple of spots available? There are a couple of spots, and yes, um, I'm having a busy weekend, but I've got to tell you, I'm looking forward to it. We didn't run it at all during the pandemic, and I think that just gives... There's so much that so many people want to think about and make sense of and say, I don't want to be bitter about this. I want to be better. Um, I want to explore and understand my reactions and move forward um, in life, having known that that has happened, but I don't want it to hook me and be stuck in it. I want to move through it. And this is your chance. We have those spots. Please go to carolynclawson.com. Go to the blog where there's the Rising Strong article. Um, There's a link there. There's also a contact page. Um, You can sign up for the newsletter. We'd love to hear from you and have you consider this. Uh, Please join us. Um, It's just good to, uh, we will be a small group, but um, I think small is mighty and beautiful, and we would just love to have anybody that is on the bubble to consider to sliding over to the side of, yeah, why not? I'll give it a shot. All right, I've got to ask you about our new slogan, Winnipeg made from what's real. I hate that I'm sort of lukewarm on this. I, I, As we have talked many times, I love this city, I love this community, love this province. I want to be pumped about this slogan. I want people to come and visit. I want investment to happen here and businesses to move here and for our city to grow to a million people and beyond. I love this city, but I'm just not crazy, at least not yet, about this slogan. Any thoughts? Well, I think... Uh, we are all sort of tired of vulnerability and uncertainty. And when we are in a place where we have so much change thrust upon us, to have one more change that feels perhaps like, was this absolutely necessary to do right now? We are not open to it. And it feels like, no, let's just keep something the same and safe. And we loved like one great city. What's wrong with that? Because truly we are. Uh, but I went and looked at um Uh, I saw on Twitter sort of all the negative reactions, but I also went onto the site and looked at yesterday what, what, where that came from and how that developed. And, you know, I think people that live in Winnipeg, we are real and we aren't here because of the weather or because of the mosquitoes or the potholes. We're here because we love it. And we've got, we've got the stuff. And we know that when people move here, it's because they're mindful and are making a decision to do something, not because of our weather, but in spite of our weather. And so I, I, it's kind of, I think it's going to grow on me because there's something about we are authentic here and um, we, we matter and we know we matter and we have lots that we're real about. We have lots of problems that we need to work on um, and we are open to discussing those problems and to making our city better. And I, um, I'm a little bit more optimistic about some of the slogan than some people because I'm big into the authenticity that it implies. I I agree, and and I don't want to seem like a negative Nelly when I'm being you know somewhat critical of the slogan with an explanation. And you watch that video, and I get it. I just think when you've got you know a few words to try and convince somebody why we're special, 
I'm just not so sure it does it. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna okay. reserve my final decision. I'm gonna be optimistic, and who knows? Maybe it will grow on me. Maybe I'll see the advertising campaign and fall in love with it. Who knows? We've been talking about all these classic albums that have turned 50 this year, or either have or or will turn 50 this year. We've talked about music many times. Um, our love of music, how it makes us feel. I'm sure you've got some thoughts on this. Oh. Music. Uh, I was at Top Gun last weekend. Um, fantastic movie. But what really makes that movie is the music behind it. And that movie, as with any movie, the, the music cues you into what to feel. Is this going to be funny or serious or scary or thrilling? Um, and that music just creates an, an environment and an atmosphere that makes the movie just so much richer. And I think when we see that, the soundtracks on movies, I think we can also translate that into the soundtracks of our lives, that music makes our lives richer and it cues us. Um, it helps us feel what is important for us to feel. It builds feelings that, you know, celebrations and socials, that dance music um, just creates that sense of community and fun and connection. And at funerals, the somber music um, all tunes us in together on remembering um, and holding the, the sadness of the family and the loved ones. And so I just, I think music is so powerful. And as we celebrate those anniversaries of those, of those albums, I think it's another opportunity to be grateful for what music can do. Um, at the, in the Rising Strong Weekend, one of the things we do is have people think about, you know, the anthems that help people enter into the tough moments and music that gets them going and helps them do brave things. And it's so funny when we ask that question, just immediately people pop up with, you know, questions, or sorry, with, with responses. They know the music that gets them going, that helps them to be brave, um, and that we have those, our own personal soundtracks. We have our own albums um, on our lives in our in our minds that we can play lines from at moments when we need them. And so, yeah, I think this, to celebrate music is is a really powerful thing. Only makes and, sense. Yeah, and, and finally, you know, COVID nineteen is still amongst us. Uh, you know, the the number of deaths actually is I, I think it's about two dozen deaths on average a week. It's still out there, but in so many ways. Things are returning to normal, and, and I'm happy about that. I still think, you know, uh, there are some people that need to be careful, and we all need to be respectful of everybody else's situation when it comes to COVID. But the festivals are back, right? We've got the Bomber Home Opener coming up tomorrow night, the nice weather. These are, are great times. Yes. Uh, I got my knuckles wrapped. A healthcare worker emailed me a couple of weeks ago um, when I was talking about Rising Strong, and um, in the interest of brevity, I, met, I, I made reference to the fact that we are past COVID, which was not cool, right? We are past some of the high restrictions that COVID had for us, but COVID is still alive and well. And we have to be aware and, and wise about that, which is so beautiful now then during the summer when we can be outside and we can be at the Bomber Game or be at some of those street festivals where the risk is lower, um, that we have to remember that those things are available because our bodies kind of got used to being at home. And I, so I think it's going to take a lot of us a little extra initiative and reminder of, oh, yeah, we can get out. We can do those things. And because we've been sort of under socialized the last couple of years, it's, I think it's really important to fill our tanks because winter is coming again. And even if we don't have COVID, we do have minus 40 temperatures where it's going to be harder to get out. And so now is the time to fill those tanks and get together with people and crowds and cheer and enjoy each other and enjoy the street music and just 
just to be with each other and to give ourselves permission to acknowledge that it feels a little weird to make plans because it's almost unusual at this point for us, but it's okay for it to be unusual and we can get past it, that we can give ourselves permission to feel rusty at some of those things and um, do them anyways. And uh, I was on a patio this morning drinking my coffee with Mary on Thursday mornings, as I always do. And I felt uncomfortably hot because the sun was beaming down on us. And it was yep. just so delicious to feel uncomfortable because of the heat. We've been aching for this for months, so let's get out there and enjoy it. Yeah. By the way, several people have suggested you, you may have a job writing slogans because they like the name of your workshop, Rising Strong, better than the current uh, slogan for the city of Winnipeg. <laughs> Well, and, and haven't we just risen? Uh, we have so much adversity in the city because of the weather and because of some of the social justice issues. We have a lot of work to do, and we are strong and dedicated to do that work. And, uh, yes, living here excites me because we are a great group of people. And, you know, I'll just say uh, one more thing here, Carolyn, while I've got you before I let you go. There's nothing special about me, right? My mom being in the hospital and, and me being worried about her. And, and I do mean that when I say I believe in the power of prayer and positive energy. I've seen it at work. And so, uh, you know, me asking you to pray and for my mom and send positive energy to her uh, will help. And I know it will. And I just got a text message from Jamie. And, and because I'm on the radio and I get emotional and I have this incredible platform that I speak from every day. I, I'm not special because Jamie just sent me a text message saying how I'm sending your mom good energy. Uh, please send some for my mom, too. She has brain surgery today at 1230. Tough day for us. So nothing special about what I'm going through, but I always just try and be honest with you about what I'm going through, and I appreciate hearing about what you're going through, and I wish all of you the best, including Jamie and his mom. Carolyn, have a great week. Talk to you next Thursday. Thanks a lot. Take good care, you and Ada. Thank you.